Yo, 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 welcome to another round in the house. I think we're going to have a real fun conversation. I have a very interesting guest doing a lot of cool things in the sci-fi space. Um, I'm I'm a sci-fi uh, uh, enthusiast myself, so uh, I think we're going to be able to, to, to um, really, really explore in conversation where sci-fi fits in, in comic making and media. Um, it's all over the place. Zach Weber, sci-fi comic nexus, Infinity Dragonfly, comic creator, um, reviewer, blogger. Welcome to the show. Um, I want to get right into some conversation. Um, and as we kind of lead into talking about sci-fi, tell us about um, how sci-fi kind of pulled you. Because you, you do a lot, I don't want to say exclusive, you know, and, or, or, or in a limiting way, but you, um, you, I would say, are a voice in indie sci-fi comics. What pulled you in so deep? How did you get started? I was a little kid. Um, I've always loved science fiction, TV shows, sci-fi comics, films, books. So it's always been like um, the way it's my it's my preferred genre, my preferred way of expression. It's 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 something that has no limits. When people say the sky's the limit, science fiction there is no limit. I tend to come to, from things from more of a like I'm a history teacher I write a lot of historical fiction but I, I always come back to like this movie making um, <clears throat> what do they call it you know uh, uh, ex- expression that like high magic and science and storytelling are kind of like the same thing so what is it what are the what does sci-fi entail? What are like, okay, that's not sci-fi, that's sci-fi, this is where sci-fi is uh, is going right now. These are some of the trends that are hot. Tell me what's going on in sci-fi right now and how it's okay. distinguishable. Yeah, I mean, different people have different views on this. Um, some people will distinguish, they'll talk about hard sci-fi as opposed to science fantasy. Um, and they'll and they'll talk about the differences. Um, I think where, where you've got the scientific element, you've got elements of, of real science and the issues of everything surrounding science, how science works, and particularly we're talking about exploring beyond what we know, what we're familiar with. So we're going, we're leaving the Earth, we're going to other planets, we're going to other dimensions, etc. And some of those things are the same things that they, you can cover in fantasy, but with fantasy and magic, it's sort of like there's a different focus. You're focusing on like mythological elements. In science fiction, you've got the scientific side of it. So um, there's there's different elements which, if you're interested in science, you find you find fascinating because a lot of that stuff is is fascinating in its own right. If you're looking into physics and the reality of different planets and the galaxy and the universe, that that is a, is another kind of magic all on its own. Mm. It it is, and I, I you bring up a question of like of problem solving and storytelling, 
And even though, you know, whether it be magic, and we're going to focus more on the sci-fi element, um, you know, just, just as you said, right, if you have an interest in physics, but there's a function of physics, there's a knowledge base, a fundamental behind it. And even in fantastical storytelling, you still have to have this realism. It's like, oh, that might actually work. Um, do you feel like, like, um, can you get over that if if storytelling doesn't have like that, like you're describing think, that background? I think, I think what is interesting is um, when there are limitations, you you can you can work creatively with the limitations, and that has that has um, its own fascination. Like if you talk about, for example, if you're talking about uh, traveling faster than light, um, there are, there are ways in which scientifically it is not possible and ways in which it might be possible and it's that has its own fascination rather than just clicking your fingers and opening a magical portal without any explanation of how it works Mm. so um you know with with royal house you know we've uh you've done some great reviews of of indie comic publishers and creators you do a great job highlighting the artist's fantastic uh, blog writing. Um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and thank you because you, you, you definitely highlighted Detective Rumble and some of our work at Royal House. What is? Tell us a little bit about your reviews and and how you come across uh, the companies and comics that you put out. Um, kind of your process and what you're trying to uh, accomplish and highlight with those. Um, with those fantastic kind of dis- displays of other people's work, with with the the blog with the uh, blogs and the reviews, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to focus on new talent, new material that isn't isn't as available to the general public as the big names, the big comics, the big big films, the sci- all the other sci-fi media. There's so much new talent out there. Which is has its own has its own um, magic to it, and a lot of people that they are looking for something new. They 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 don't want to uh, look at the same stuff all the time over and over again. And there are new writers, new artists creating their own versions of their own their own visions, and they're creating it in a comic format. Um, but they are lost in the noise. There's so much focus in the media, and most of that focus is on stuff that we already know about and we're already familiar with. And it's all about giving giving a bit of voice, shining a light on the on the new people, the independents, trying to raise them up a bit. So I'm kind of like focusing on sci-fi comics specifically, because most of the most of the media, most of the culture around comics is focused on superheroes. So I'm focusing on the science fiction comics as kind of like a niche uh, uh, community within a community, if you like, and um, looking at the new people. And by looking at the, by focusing on both the big names and the little names, the the big ones and the, 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 the new independent ones, I'm hoping to, to raise up the new people so we're, we're creating the attraction by talking about stuff that people 
familiar with and sharing the limelight with the new people as well so giving 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 a chance for the, the new independent talent to to be seen i i think that's very important and um you know i want to i want to get into your to your book your comic and um some of the other things that you have going on but i want to touch upon this um new storytelling and production versus you know i guess you know old or established i guess would be the counter right um you know grand and funded versus indie and the quality of art um that that you know independent publishers and and comic makers are able to produce in competition and like where what is the competition you know is 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 because i feel like it at one point it's um it's very individual but then like we're getting this great recycling of storytelling where it's just like there's nothing new and establishment is recycling and leaving out you know this new understanding of respecting artists and writers and you know the little people that kind of come up with the ideas um or they steal and pillage new you know great new ideas and kind of absorb it back into this you know machine this you know this churning churning and (laughs) manage to take all soul out of it so like where where are you in a good kind of nexus not you know pun intended i guess to uh you know to to kind of like take the best of all the worlds in in i guess would be like your advertising type of marketing for um for the for good for good quality uh, storytelling production. Yeah, I, I don't see I don't see myself in a competitive role really, um, because what what I'm doing and what other people are doing, which is which is similar to me, we are, we're we're creating something which is for a specific a specific interest. So it's not a zero sum game. A lot of people are interested in lots of different things. You know, I, I, I do also like superhero stories, um, fantasy stuff as well. So it's not like I can only focus on one thing. And what what I think is important and what I'm trying to do is to raise up the, the more neglected um, niche, which is the science fiction comics. I we we I, I told you that I wanted to talk a little bit about AI art and yeah. it's very apropos because we're talking about science fiction and yeah. a lot of I think the a lot of the science fiction groups are forward leaning on it I don't I don't know why I don't know if you noticed that theme too but um I want to talk a little bit about about just where original ideas come from and that being one of the topics is that um, AI cannot create an original that they they take from you know this wide sprawl of things that have been yeah. you know kind of kind of put out there on you know in media across the internet, which I think we're really underestimating as probably like the first type of you know AI you know that <laughs> we're kind of plugged into. It kind of has reverse roles. You know what I mean? But um, like where creators get their ideas from. 
because we think of them as an original, but usually they're a, a hodgepodge of our experiences. So where, you know, where's the space for controversy, you know? Yeah, I think um, somebody once said there's, there's, there is no originality. We're, we're all re recycling the same finite number of ideas, but we do it in different ways. We do it um, with our own individual expression. We're filtering it through our own experience. So in that sense, it's new. In that sense, it's original. I think with AI art, um, it's like a gimmick at the moment. It's very new, and we're all sort of like surprised, dazzled by it a little bit. But what I find interesting is that people instantly recognize it as being AI. It's got a kind of sameness to it. There's a certain um, human element that's just not there. And instantly you say, ah, that's, that's interesting, that's nice. But was it produced by a person? I saw one recently that was really good. Um, and it was just like posted online without any context. And I said, I really want to like this, but first I want to know if it was made by a human being. Because mm -hmm. instantly you can say, ah, there's something about it which just screams AI, not a person. Even though originally the original content has come from a human source, it's been kind of like processed in a particular way that we recognize as being artificial on some level. I I had a conversation uh, recently with with a very a very popular podcaster, and I was telling him how it's just everything looks so dystopian. Yeah. Every, every and it's a dreary um, lack of spark that uh, Royal House really hasn't jumped on the bandwagon as far as like just throwing out some prompts and putting it out as if the artist or producer has some like personal connection or or um, contribution to to that output you know what I mean um, which kind of feels like there's a disconnect like um, because I can print out and you know rip a, a image from mid-journey that now I have a book or now I have a story you know that's fully flushed out and uh that's where um I feel like it's a tool that's going to advance and the artist is probably still going to be the best best um, conduit to use it in conjunction with good storytelling and production but you know that's just me any final thoughts okay. on, on that before we before we move on to some of your work okay yeah I think it's interesting I think we're still in the early days so it'll be interesting to see how how it develops and how people's reaction to it develops over time um, I want to talk about um, your work, Infinity okay. Dragonfly. Love the name. Let's start with, let's start with <laughs> what it takes to come up with a good name for a book or a comic. Oh, a good name. That's a very good point, actually. Um, because very often, back in the day, people you come up with ideas and you come up with names, and then oh. What a shame. Someone's already come up with that idea. Someone's already come up with that name. Now you can Google things and make sure that what, what you've actually come up with 
is actually unique. So uh, that's that's one benefit of living in the modern age, I think. Yeah. You hear about some of those old school like uh, tiffs over over eighties cartoons like Ghostbusters. There was like the uh, you know the Ghostbusters the the big smash hit American movie was was um, produced by a company and there was another like company that kind of had a similar idea and and they were fighting over Ghostbusters versus the Ghostbusters <laughs> and like you know just adding that the uh, in front so yeah names are names are tricky and sticky but Infinity right. Infinity Dragonfly tell me give me, give me the you know, synopsis, the blurb, tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so this is uh, my little space opera. It's set in the year 3105. You've got a war in the galaxy between, um, on the one side you've got the good guys, maybe, uh, mostly human beings. On the other side you've got the Asinia, which is a culture which are descendants of illegal genetic experiments to try and engineer immortality by combining human DNA with reptilian DNA. So you have these reptilian humanoids and they are a female-dominated society because the experiment was uh, not a success. So you have this race of beings who are basically immortal. Um, their bodies heal very quickly. They they don't age beyond a certain beyond a certain adult age. But the problem is that the male of the species they don't develop an intellect at a at a, an adult level. So from the point of view of the scientists who created them, they were like a stepping stone on the way to human immortality, but basically a failure. Um, but these these beings themselves they see themselves as the as the predominant superior race of the galaxy, and that's how the war started. And the the story takes place a few years into this war, and you've got a guy called Kang Makamatov. He's a Martian, a Martian uh, part of the navy, and he's been given command of a ship called the Dragonfly, which historically was a colony ship, which was to to transport colonists from one planet to another before the days when it was possible to travel faster than light. That ship has now been revamped, been given a a hyperdrive, and it's now now a warship as a part of the the war effort. And um, there's a lot of complicated issues with his background, the characters he, he comes into contact with, there are conspiracies. There is mysteries going on. It's a very, it's a very complex tale. So um, it starts off fairly simple, but it soon escalates. As sci-fi usually does, it, it can it it's it's always a a world-building set that um, you can just go so many directions in within yeah. like yeah. I mean, let's just like jump back to some of the some of the originators like a star wars like we're talking 40 50 laters and they're pulling on threads from that original story still you, you know what i mean so you know you, your your story has this concept of you know that we've become more than a one planet species which yeah. is 
fantastic to think about the possibilities multi-planet um you know our systems have you know we must still have some type of evolution of governments to achieve that you know what is what is what would that the, the progenitor of that look like in our lifetime you know what are we leaning to what are we heading towards you know what i mean and it seems like these need to be like natural progressions too based on our understanding of of where things are going so like what is um let's let's let's, let's stay back in 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 infinity dragonfly is there like a a magic system or when you said a space opera is it kind of like this um traveling bouncing between these different worlds and, and making more political connections? Is it more of like an action, you know, combat? Where would you kind of put those subgenres in it? I, I think the world building aspect is, um, is a totally fascinating and very rewarding part of the process. I think a lot of people really appreciate when you put a lot of detail, a lot of thought into it. And what is what I find very, very compelling is when you're creating not just the physical sort of like stage of the, the new worlds, the new space vista, but also the cultures and how they are connected to, to the other cultures. So, for example, um, you've got the, the, the human culture from Earth, but what I what I've what I've done which is different, I find it with a lot of science fiction. Whenever you see a human character, it's like, oh, here's what whatever his name is, he or she, uh, traveling to distant worlds, light years light years away, far edges of the galaxy, and he or she was born in America. <laughs> or France. Or or London, you know, it's like Okay, so you've, you've, you've colonized the galaxy. Why, is, why are all your main characters born on Earth? Let's, let's try and be a bit more imaginative. So my character is Martian, which means he was born, he's human, but he was born on Mars. Martian is a nationality, not species. Mm. And Mars was colonized in the early days of the expansion, mostly by people from... Asia and Africa, so it's like an Afro-Asian mm. culture, at least in the beginning, um, and that and that influence stays with stays with the culture. Wow! As part of that culture, as as it as it progresses through time, so um, so your your grounding is in history, so you'll you'll, you'll appreciate that that context, I think. Oh, oh, definitely. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for kind of outlining that for me. And, and that is uh, that is available currently, or or is it coming out? Coming out. Um, kind of where's in, where's that in the stage of, of release right now? It's an ongoing saga. Um, I've released eight issues so far, and I'm currently working on the ninth, which I believe will be the end of this. This arc, this story arc. So, the Renegade Souls story arc is like the introduction of the characters, the main characters, and how they 
how they start off on this journey. Um, it's currently available on Global Comics. You can read it online. The first issue is free. You can also download it from Gumroad and from Amazon Kindle if you want to read it that way. So I'm trying to make it available to people through a variety of platforms. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Um, we, I had mentioned to you that um, I like to go several la layers down in sci-fi yeah. um, because I think they they really kind of toy around with some deep con concepts like as we just started brushing the surface right make extending extending nationalism into the universe <laughs> you, yeah. you, you know what I mean yeah. uh, um, this concept that we would go beyond a human lifetime at some point mm. that DNA and another thing that always strikes me in science fiction is like you go to a planet and um, they don't talk about where that planet is in the galaxy how far it is from the other planet how far it is from Earth how long it took to get there it's just like an imaginary thing and um, oh let's go to the main city they go to the city, they beam down to the city. They never mention the name of the city. Why is that detail missing? It's always missing because it's, it's a lot of creators, they just don't make that extra step. But it's a little detail which I think the consumers, if they geeks like I am, they really appreciate. Yeah, you, uh, I want to get into a little bit, of, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, hmm. The consumer, the 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 slices of market and who yeah. you know who you're really who you really are telling your story for um yeah. i want to i want to go even even deeper like so we talked about extending a human life or extending these these cultural norms through through um with less intentionality than we even i think come to come to realize like it's just you know how like uh, this residual contact that just starts to like grow once it touches each other, you know, like a like a moss or something. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like wherever we go, we're going to expand in our own image, and how DNA kind of has that function right now. And you talked a little, just a little bit about DNA, but I wrote it down. Like, okay, we come up with this new way of transferring our consciousness whether that be through ro robotics but how that process we're already taking that concept like now like to different levels yeah I mean one, one, I mean one of my characters is an individual who whose mind was uploaded to the internet way 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 back in the 21st century suddenly finds herself in the body of a, a robot in the 32nd century and has to deal with um, being, being re reborn basically having, having, having her life suddenly cut short and then transformed into something completely different um, but the, the other aspect of that is that gives, that gives me um, a character who can do the exposition for the readers it's like you're getting the the 
experience through the eyes of somebody from from our own our own century and our own cultural references. So you you have an AI who's like who's retro who has memories of things like Run DMC and Van Gogh yeah. while the yeah. while the the thirty first century robots are like what <laughs> what yeah, yeah. and and. She's the only character that, that, that speaks in the way that we speak. So she's constantly saying things, um, making references that nobody understands, and they just look at her completely blankly, and she's like, geez, Louise, <laughs> yeah, you guys are a tough crowd. It, those are, are, are really interesting, like, natural quips that writers yeah. um, yeah. kind of get through through the process. Not, sometimes the unintentional becomes... Mm really fun when you make it intentional like when you kind of like oh we just stumble upon this i think visual artists i think artists cooks and you know mechanics that find a you know a, a way to do something you know that easier but in that little like mistake or spark of creativity ai is still missing that so like you notice that in art and storytelling yeah, um, yeah. i want to talk a little bit um about about your strategy I, I talk a lot to a lot of producers that are that are functioning in the space at a high level of business too whether that be putting out consistent high quality or knowing how to get to the finish line of getting to sales and onto platforms what are what are the platforms you're utilizing um, with intention right now yeah so I mean I'm 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 a, an artist rather than a businessman, really. The whole marketing side of it is a completely new skill set for me, which I'm still kind of getting to grips with. So it's all about trying to raise awareness, put myself out there, spread it about a bit, try and get some, um, some visibility. So with the the nexus i'm kind of like raising everybody up trying to get the visibility raised for sci-fi comics in general not just me but like other other uh, creative people who are making sci-fi comics so with with the blog i'm 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 reviewing their stuff and i'm we're having discussions about that creating creating conversations all around those issues i find that facebook is a good place for for creating little groups, communities of people. I know it's not the um, the trendiest place these days, but you've still got a lot of a lot of interest there. A lot of people are using it. Um, with with YouTube it's I'm creating videos where I'm uh, talking about different issues around the creation of the comics. For example how to use the different um, techniques of 3D software, which I found very useful for creating some of the images in my own work and sharing that with other people to help them to, to use those same techniques. But there's so many different places um, where you can find people and make those connections. So there's, you've got the got the people on reddit who discuss things in a huge amount of detail and that's a good place for people if you're the kind of person that likes to read things 
read, read, especially if you're someone that likes to read huge blocks of text. Um, but not everybody is like that. You, you might be the kind of person who likes to listen, so a podcast like this will be more your thing. And if you're into the audiovisual, then YouTube videos is, is the way to get to you. I, I I really appreciate the um, you know the multitude of, of ways that uh, you can grow the space, grow the genre, tell your story, help others. Um, I think it's a fantastic approach. Um, and as I mentioned, you know we we um, did some collaboration together where you um, did a review for us, and and I really appreciated the quality of the content that you make. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this market that we're trying to get to, you know, uh, you with, with Sci-Fi Comic Nexus and your work, us with Royal House and some of the titles uh, uh, that we have going, like, you, you talked about what you like in your generation and your influence. I do the same and I talk about the things that I like and I'll spend money on. Um, and then there's the market. There's the market for it. Where, um, you know, I, I, you know, we had a conversation with my company. We meet, we meet, you know, bi-weekly. We're international group of artists and writers, and we talk about our experiences, things that we're seeing, and we remember that you know it, it was um, this, this new movie where where the lawyer was sitting down with the guy from McDonald's, and he told the guy from McDonald's like, "You're not a." burger company you're a real estate company <laughs> you, you know like where you you make something but do you know your market and what you're doing and how to yeah. uh, monetize not from us like a selfish greedy way but from a way to sustain fantastic inspiring creativity if you feel so confident about your ideas and and, and making them so where is your um awareness as a as a company of like okay i'm doing this um because i think this market will benefit from reading my stuff i think it i think it's a bit of a balancing act with um creative people trying to trying to sell their work because on the one hand you want to stay true to your um influence your vision on the other hand you want to give people what they want and you don't want to compromise <laughs> your artistic integrity sounds a bit like a prima donna um <laughs> just just to make hard bucks you know um but i am conscious of like okay i'm enjoying making this i'm happy with it is anybody else going to be interested in it um and I know, yes, people will, they'll enjoy the story, they'll enjoy all the little details, but is it grabbing their attention? And I remember I was watching, I think it was um interview, I think it was a commentary on the DVD of the 2009 Star Trek with J.J. Abrams. And um, I don't remember the context exactly, but he said, looking at Star Trek and Star Wars, Star Trek is like classical music star wars is like rock and roll mm. so you've got you've got the same thing but looking at it in different ways and like if you want like the 
philosophical, artistic, intellectual content. It's all there. If you want huge explosions, big scary monsters, big shiny spaceships, it's there as well. And, you know, people will be interested in both. They'll be interested in one more than the other. The way, the way I look at it is when you're making a comic, it's like it's a story and it's also a visual a visual representation and for me the I was kind of like conscious of the balance between the drama and the action mm -hmm. so for a lot of comics it's like it's like lots of explosions lots of fighting lots of uh, big splash pages um, maybe not so much exposition details on the story characterization um, and I think both of those are important, and you have to try and get the balance right. So, you, you if, you, if you do too much of one and not the other, then people will lose interest. You know, you really, you bring up so many hot-button topics in, as far as the business side of comic creation that that we're, we're juggling with um, ourselves. And that's whether, back to, like, what kind of, com whether comic books are... Um, have evolved enough for the youth. And I feel like Stanley and Chris Claremont and some of the pioneers um, uh, 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 you know, definitely want to, you know, give a shout out to, to like, uh, you know, Image and, and a lot of the black comic creators as well that were yeah. like telling stories to the youth and what was going on. You think of like the civil rights as something that was championed by the leaders. It was actually moved by the youth, by the students, right out on out on the streets. So like, we get into this place as producers of what we like, and we have the nostalgia, and we make comic books because comic books use we love comic books, but are they? There's no, you know, are they reading comic books the way we used to? Are they consuming comic books the way they used to? They have a seven second attention span, <laughs> you know, like uh, now it's it's J.R. Martin, um, um, you know, um, the Game of Thrones guy, um, you know, he's the new Tolkien. Tolkien was completely reversed. He he spent years and years like building up the the world, and uh, whereas. You know, Martin's like, I don't know how the story ends. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm leaving, you know, I'm one, right? You know, so like this purism that we get into and you, you talk back to like marketing, where do you just detach yourself from that as a producer and saying, hey, I got a good idea and I can balance it. And for example, we're thinking about creating different types of comics, maybe a whole page of text, God forbid. The reader should have to read a page of, of characterization and exposition, you know, instead of trying to squeeze that into into these bubbles across, you know, and you got issue 37, you know, to tell a to tell a story. Right. Where 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 do you feel like you are OK pulling away from this purism or nostalgia to be effective? say, hey, I'm writing this comic and I'm going to tell this story, but 
I don't want to just write, you know, draw three pages of two people sitting in a room having a conversation with loads of words. And um, I would say something like, well, then instead of instead of doing that, look at what they did in um, the old comics. You'd have you would have the the the, the story that they are saying is the thing that you will show on the in the panels. Um, and it's like narration, but you instead of just words, you've got the actual story um, drawn out for people to see as well, because people need to need to see it as well as as, as well as read it. You have to stimulate both parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, where as this this is I, I'm. Zach, I'm really glad I talked to you. We're gonna have to fo- do some follow ups, man. As as okay. as uh, uh, Infinity Dragonfly continues on uh, its saga, and we're gonna be coming out with a follow up to Rumble, um, and fairly soon. That's our we we dabble in 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 sci fi, and when we dabble, we, we we usually hit a home run. You know what I mean? So um, I def- I love the sci fi conversation. Um, where can can people find you again? Really tell us a little bit more about like like what's coming out next and what people should be waiting for. Okay, so the website is infinitydragonfly.com. I'm also on YouTube and Instagram at SF Comic Artist. So I try, I try to make myself easy to find. Uh, that's that's another skill all in its own, but. Type in infinitydragonfly.com, you'll find me. Um, you can find me on the web. Um, with the comic now, the the current the current story arc, which has taken a long long time to produce, get out there, um, is Renegade Souls, which is the beginning of the story. Really, it's the introduction of the main characters and the main themes. And I've I've written I've written that arc, and I'm now producing it in a comic format and the thing is that process itself is is kind of fluid so the story the story doesn't stay static as I create it I start producing it I start drawing and then I have more ideas and I go back and change things so it's constantly evolving but I am focusing and it is it is coming to it is coming to a climax in, in the next issue well, we'll definitely be looking out for that. Um, Zach, uh, again, you're doing a lot of cool things, and I, I want to thank you for, for the contributions you've had with, with Royal House and coming on the show. Um, you guys out there, definitely go check out Zach Weber, uh, Sci-Fi Comic Nexus, uh, got the blog, reach out to him. Uh, um, does a great job kind of interacting, collaborating with, with new creators, uh, helping them get a voice. Infinity Dragonfly. Thanks for, for for bringing me into that world a little bit, man. Um, and that sounds like a really fun idea. And and uh, last 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 quick question. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk a little bit about you as as the artist. Um, kind of kind of before we trail off, like you know, what's a little bit about your style as an artist? What can people kind of look to get excited about as they as they you know Google and look you know look for some of your content? Um, something which I think people have to interpret for themselves because 
I mean, I've been drawing comics ever since I was a child, and with the with the current the current sort of incarnation of that is, is uh, Infinity Dragonfly is I'm creating these images, and you, I'm conscious of getting this balance. You, you you've got to have the um, certain degree of realism, but you've got to have the expression as well. Yeah, and it's not like I'm trying to make photorealistic images, but once I started using the 3D software to create sort of like these really beautiful um, spaceships, robots, whatever. Oh, I've got to up my game now and make the make the human characters look uh, sharp as well. So it's a bit of a balancing act, and I'm hoping I've got the balance right, and um, so that they they sort of blend together and look natural together. Awesome, awesome! Can't wait. Uh, Zach, again, thank you. We'll see you guys all on another round of in the house. Take care.